This is the Fitness Tech Podcast, show number 21 for February 28th, 2011. It is post Trek Up the Top. It is. Trek Up the Tower. I can never get that right. Tower. Trek Up the Tower. It used to be mm-hmm. Trek to the Top, I think. That's somewhere right? else, though. I know. Okay, I know. Mm-hmm. And there's some there's some right problems, rights problems with that. Correct. So anyways, Trek Up the Tower. We got that done on Saturday. Jamie, uh, of course, Jamie's here with me today. Jamie, how are you doing? Great. How are you, Jim? Good. Did you have a good weekend? I did. I was on a high after Trek Up the Top. Tower. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. I've got saying. you saying it now. Oh, no. Sorry. So, Sorry, Howie. Yeah, sorry. It's Tower. But yeah. I was feeling great. So you were feeling pretty good. So tell me why you were feeling so great. Because I was trekking. so stoked about my time because I followed Jim the whole way and he helped me get a great time and I was feeling really good. Like just my lungs burned a tad bit. But other than that, I felt awesome. Well, that's good. Yeah. I was choking most of the day. I'll, I'll admit it was just, it was tough yeah. on the lungs. It was. Um, I came in Sunday morning to get a run in and it didn't go so well. So the lungs were hurting, and, and so were. a 13-miler became a three-miler, mm-hmm. and then an hour worth of elliptical. So, But you still got your workout in. I did. Well, I guess most of it in. Right. So Trek went well, a uh, v- very well-attended event. If you haven't uh, checked it out yet, uh, theaverageguy.tv, and we've got all kinds of coverage. Uh, I think it's show number 20. Yes. All kind of coverage, both audio interviews as well as a, a bunch of video that turned out really, really Great well. video. Yeah, really mm-hmm. well. I did mess up. Uh, the camera crashed on me on the way up, and we couldn't get. We wanted to film from bottom to top, and I was going to show each of the floors as you go by, give uh, somebody an idea what it's like to run Trek to the top and uh, our Trek of the Tower. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> we're never going to get it right. I'm just, that's why I'm, I'm calling it the Trek from here on trek. out. It's just the Trek, um, and so it gives people an idea of what it's like. But the camera, the the software didn't work right, and so um, we don't have that. But lots of great interviews. Check it out. The average guy. Um, dot TV. If you want to contact the show or you have any uh, questions or comments, you can send us an email here, podcast at theaverageguy.tv. So, Jamie, great weekend for you. Um, you, you uh, what did you finally place among gals? I know it was it was fairly um, high. 17. Among, yes. among all the gals? Yeah, Very 17 nice. among all the women, 8 in my age group. Very nice. We got a chance mm-hmm. to uh, interview uh, Ivan Marsh, who, who yes. won the whole thing outright. The guy is just Five an years animal. in a row. I know. Just an animal. I can't. He, and he says he runs a thousand stairs a day, Every day out there. Hey, by the way, we need to think about doing a weekend. So next year, weekend Mahoney State Park up the. Oh, we right? do. Because that's what he That'd does. That'd be great. So maybe we can get great a team training. together. I know we've struggled to get buildings tall enough here. Exactly. They won't let us in First National. Nope. Um, and so maybe the maybe that's a, a possibility to head out to Mahoney. That's a um, great idea. And get that stairs we'll get done. So, if you live in a big city uh, and and you want to run a trek event, I, uh, Omaha is not the only place that has a trek, and nope. so you could uh, just Google your city and then trek up the top or tower or whatever, something like that. And Chicago a, has a good one too. It's an incredible mm-hmm. event, uh, and it's just it's like nothing else. You're only climbing about 600 feet, but it feels like. For to your lungs, and I don't know why that is, whether there's just not enough oxygen in the stairwell or what, but it just is a lung burner. It is. And so it, it's, kind of a, it's kind of an amazing event. We had a great turnout from Gallup, 62 some folks showed up, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you guys, you and Ryan, of course, are behind that and did very well from that standpoint. So congratulations and, getting so many people And Gallup out. was number two for um, the amount of participants. Yeah, Gallup rocked right. that event. Who was number one? Do you remember? I think it was um, PayPal. PayPal. Yep. Wow. PayPal. We'll have to work. We'll have to well, work. Well, they pay next for year. their entire entrance. Really, and yeah. we do half. We do half. Half sees here. Half. 
Yep. So good stuff. Well, good weekend. Good weekend of training, and uh, hopefully your weekend was a good one. And uh, hopefully your weekend was good nutrition wise too. We we talk about that, and I I I did both Smash Brother. So I saw I. I've got to admit this to you, right? Because we talk a lot on the podcast about my eating. I ate at Sm- Smash Burger. Smash Burger. Yeah. You ever heard of Smash Burger? I don't think so. Yeah, it's kind of greasy. Ooh. So greasy burger and fries. Carrie's going to kill me. And then Did last, you have that before or after your ride? This is after. This was Saturday after the trek. Maybe that's why you so, did so horrible yeah, and felt why. so bad on <laughs> that's Sunday. That's probably why. And then Sunday was Godfather's Pizza for dinner. Oh, no. Yeah. So Carrie will I'm, not be I, happy. I've got a six-miler here, or yeah, six or seven as soon as we're done right. with this podcast. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how well that goes. So, Well, speaking of guests uh, today, uh, we have Bart. Jesuits. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm always I'm always uh, bad in a crunch, but that but Bart uh, new to Gallup and uh, Bart joins us. Bart is actually an Ironman athlete. He's completed at least one Ironman. So Bart, welcome uh, to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jim. Jamie. Yeah. yeah, you bet. Um, tell us a little bit about your Ironman. Where was it at, and uh, what kind of time did you have uh, there? Yeah, I did uh, the Ironman down in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Um, I think it's only the second or third year that they've hosted it down there. It's oh. a fairly new event to the circuit. Okay. Um, I had a goal time going into it, a uh, 13 and a half hours, about 14 right in there. Okay. Um, I ended up finishing in about 16 hours. Wow. Okay. Um, so I, as far as time goes, it wasn't where I wanted to. But on race day, the temperature hit 105 degrees. Oh, oh good heavens. So a typical Ironman event has about a 10% attrition rate of the people who um, start it that aren't able to complete it. And there's actually 27% of the competitors that weren't able to finish the race on that day. So just that I was able to get through without any major problems and just hit that finish line, I, I wasn't too concerned about my time at that point. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Well, congratulations wow, on getting that done. Huge. Tough event. For those who don't know, right, an Ironman is a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike ride, and a full marathon. Yeah, just uh, thinking about that depresses me. It's a, <laughs> it's a long way to go. Uh, we've talked a little wow. bit about marathon training a couple weeks ago. Becky and, and uh, Trista joined us when we talked about marathon training. And for most people, marathon training is enough all by itself. Oh, definitely. Um, to get ready for an Ironman, I, I think you've got to be um, you got to be really willing to put the time and the effort into it. In a couple weeks, I think maybe even next week, Dave Seavers is going to join us. Right. He is also an Ironman. We're not ganging up on the Ironman. It's just it's just w- where we had him in the interview schedule. Um, but, Bart, I want to ask you a little bit about kind of the training and preparation that went into that Ironman. So at what point did you start training for the Ironman? I mean, how far out did you start training? And what does that training kind of look like at a high level? If you really truly want to go back to it, it was a three-year process where, you know, I'd never been much of an endurance athlete before, and it just started with, hey, I want to go run a half marathon. And so I started running, and I got myself to that point. And then I finished that, and I went, hey, a lot of people do half marathons. This isn't very unique, so let's go out and try to do a full marathon. And so I started training for that and then ended up doing the Lincoln Full Marathon. And then as you get more and more into, you know, the endurance sport, you start meeting more and more people that do it and you hang out with them. It's kind of a, a fraternity of people that do it. And just yeah. at that point in time, it was like, wow, I feel like a lot of people are doing marathons, too. There's not anything that's too incredibly special about this. So let's just keep this thing going on. And so I took it from there and I just decided, hey, let's just go out and do the whole shebang and get an Ironman in. And. Um, so yeah, it was really a three-year buildup of slowly just, you know, picking up the different disciplines and working more on the swimming and the biking as, you know, as I was building up that run, working on that first marathon. So, so kind of a progressive thing for you. It's not like you went out saying, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to compete at this Ironman level. 
uh, started with a race, you get hooked on it. And, and you do, you start hanging out with the culture and you get mm-hmm. incredibly hooked, right? Definitely. To that, to the, to the running culture. Um, of course, a triathlon is the next thing kind of to do, right? Right. Uh, when you start doing that. So mm-hmm. you definitely got hooked in. What, uh, so through your process, but as you started, how far out did you register for the, the, uh, the Louisville event? We registered a year out. Uh, most of those events fill up and uh, sell out pretty quickly. So we were on the website the day after the race in 2009 getting our registrations in because uh, there was myself and two really good friends of mine that all ran it together. So yeah, the day after at like 8 a.m., we were on the website signing up a year out in advance. So we, I mean, we knew pretty far out that this was yeah. going to be it. So it committed a whole year in advance. Wow. A lot of these races are getting pretty competitive. From that day on that you signed up, did you start training for it, like swimming and yeah, well, I'd been training well before that because mm-hmm. we knew we had already established that the, the Louisville in 2010 was where we were going to go with the mm-hmm. race. And so mm-hmm. even, you know, it's not like we just that spur of the day. We were like, let's right. do this. We knew. So you knew. the training had already begun. Um, and we had all run well, two of us had run two half Ironmans prior to that. And then Todd, um, the third guy, had run one. So, I mean, we had been prepping for it for quite a while, knowing when the end date was going to be. Oh, cool. Um, the training definitely ramped up coming through that last summer to it. I mean, coming up to the race, I would say that, you know, through the beginning part of that summer, we were we were pushing 20 hours of cardio easy a week. Um, wow. We were on our bikes a lot, so. Did you ever do any brick workouts? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, we would, you know, we'd go out and bike 50, 60 miles out to Fort Calhoun and back here from Omaha. And then we would, you know, attach our, our bikes to my truck and lock them up. And then we'd just go for a run around downtown. And you got to do it. It's impossible not to do that just because it's a feeling unlike any other. Because you feel like absolute crap when you start that run after you've biked so long. But then you've got to get it through your head. That feeling does go away. It's just a matter of re-breaking your legs back in. So, I mean, you bike for that kind of a distance. The first two, three miles on the run are just absolutely horrible. But once you get past that, your legs start to get used to that particular motion again and then you actually start to feel better um before it all goes downhill again (laughs) what would you say your time was when you ran um after you got done biking for those first two miles my per mile time per mile time i bet at the actual ironman event i bet my first two miles were probably 15 apiece um and then I started to feel pretty good, and I bet I was pumping out nine-minute miles or so for, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my left calf actually cramped up really bad. Um, and so I struggled the last 13 miles of that run oh. mightily, um, where I was really basically just speed walking about a you know a 12 to 15-minute mile for that last half marathon just because, yeah, I, I could walk as fast as I wanted, but as soon as I tried to break out into any form of a run, it would just seize up on me, and it was impossible to move, so... Oh, wow. That's pretty tough. Talk a little bit about, um, just listen to how I said that. That's pretty tough, Bart. I know. <laughs> That's t- I'm sorry that you were just dying while you're out there on that. I'm sure. That sucks. Hey, Moving let's, on. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Let's move on. The, um, let's talk a little bit about that, though, because um, let's not move on for a second. So your, your calf's cramping. You're in pain. At what point do you quit? You don't. Well, I mean, but, okay, it's easy to say after the fact, right? But that had to cross your mind when you were out there like, at some point, I'm just going to mail this thing in. It, this isn't worth it. Did that did that, uh, that thought ever go through your head? Not ever. No, okay. Not even a realm of possibility. I mean, it was a three-year process. You're out there doing it. it. They literally would have had to take me off on a stretcher before. I would have crawled until they took me off the course. Okay, so de- that dedicated to getting that finished 
partly or mostly maybe because of all the the effort, right? I mean, you're talking um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of training Absolutely. going into that. So crossing the finish line then for you, walk us through the emotional. What, what What's that like emotionally for you on that day? Were you able to run across the finish line by that point? Did you walk <laughs> no, across I was, it? I was not running. I walked across it with pride. Um, you know, it was really, really neat. They had it uh, in downtown Louisville where the finish line was, and they have a a covered area where they have a bunch of bars, a bunch of restaurants, a big nightlife going on. And so you turn, uh, you make a right turn to go down this final, this final lane that's probably a good quarter mile long or so, so you can see the lights and you can see all the people waiting there cheering you as you're coming around the corner. Um, and then both my friends that had done it with me had finished before me. And so when I came around that corner, they met me there and they were able to walk up until the last, you know, probably 100 yards. Uh, some other friends were there. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. Um, and even neater, I got the whole thing on video too. We had uh, we had some digital camcorders going, so I actually have you know video of myself crossing the finish line, which is you know you almost get choked up when you go back and watch that, just because it you know gives you a little mental reminder of you know what it actually was. Yeah, did did you get choked up crossing the finish line? I mean, the first time. You know, not so bad as far as tears or anything coming to that goes, just because your body is so far exhausted that it's honestly tough to feel anything it was almost just at that point in time it was more of a relief just to be done and i can go lay down and i can do something other than cardio um that you know it really was a little bit hard to mentally register what had just happened it really took almost a couple of days before you recovered enough to go wow i can't believe i just did that did um so Let's talk a little bit about post-race, right? So yeah. you made it in, you made it through. Um, uh, what did you do? I mean, what, what's the, what's an hour after an, an Ironman like? I mean, what what was that experience like for you? Ah, uh, rough. Um, because unfortunately, they the transition area where you keep all your gear and your bike and everything, you're not allowed to leave it there overnight. Mm. So you know, you get done doing this giant race, and you've got to get yourself back down to the staging area for the race and pick up all your gear. And so you have chores to do after you do this race, wow. which is which is zero fun. Yeah. Um, fortunately, we had, you know, some spectators that were there just for us. They were able, they were able to help us out with part That's of that nice. process. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, just limping your way back to the hotel room. And then yeah, that's probably the worst night of sleep I've ever gotten really? in my life just because you were – I, I bet you wouldn't get more than 20 minutes of sleep at a time and your body would just completely cramp up and you'd wake up just feeling the pain and you'd, you know, you'd try to take cold showers to do something, you know, take fluids in to get, get everything cooled down, but it just didn't No victory wasn't sleep, happening. huh? There was no sleep. No victory sleep with that? Did you do it, take an ice bath after you No, I just okay. took a cold shower at that point in time. Like, it was my intention to take an ice bath, but you're just so exhausted that even just getting the ice into the bathtub to do something like that felt like too much work. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, I just want to lay down, but then you can never really get good rest. Right. right? No. And then the next day was even horrible because I mean, you guys talked about it a little bit with the truck up the tower, not the top, it's the tower, (laughs) (laughs) but with it being the lung burner, but you had that same thing going on where even the next day ingesting food was almost impossible because your throat was so dry and so sore from breathing so heavy all the previous day that, you know, to get anything down your throat literally hurt. Um, so that was, yeah, that was zero fun. Wow. 
So did you like drink your food then, like puree it, or did you? You forced it down. Your uh-huh. body needed it, but it was that was a little entertaining the next day because when you went downtown to eat, and you know all the athletes are still in town, and you know you can identify them with their wristbands, but you didn't need it at that point in time because you could just see the people that were you know taking steps that were two inches long and looking like 95 year old men hobbling in and out of the restaurants. So was was a little bit humorous. I bet. So you get to the oh, do you have another question, Jane? Oh, so how long? How many days did it take you to finally like feel yourself again? Like, was it a week later? You know, less than I would have thought, and you know that just goes to how much training that we really had done. Whereas I bet three days later we were back in the gym doing something at least, and that in and of itself helped just to get your muscles moving again and get some of that acid build up out of them. But (laughs) it was a faster turnaround than I would have expected to you know feeling okay again. That's good. Let's talk a little bit about nutrition because I, I think, um, you know, that's an important part of what you did. How do you feel like if you were to grade yourself, you know, with an A being outstanding and an F like failing, right, um, for your overall nutrition program going into the Ironman, uh, kind of grade your grade it for me? Well, I would say I was absolutely an F up until about a month before the race. Okay. And then that last month, I really stepped it up and watched it. I ate a lot more. I took in a lot of carbohydrates and, you know, started the carb load really, really early. Um, but, you know, just in general, even prior to that, getting ready for marathons and stuff, I do a horrible, horrible job with my, you know, nutrition and watching what I eat on a day-to-day basis. Uh, so you're young, right? I mean, you can get away yeah, with I'm that. I'm 27. Yeah, you're young. Uh, I can't, I don't, at 42, I'll be 43 this year. I, I, that the nutrition doesn't have any, uh, doesn't cut me any slack anymore. Uh, you still get away with that. Do you feel like, uh, so when you say, okay, so the, the last month specifically, what kinds of changes did you make to increase or to, to do better in the area of nutrition? I mean, specifically what kind of foods did you do differently? I mean, describe that a little bit. Well, I'd say the the major thing was cutting out fast food from the diet just because that's, you know, when you're a single guy just going home, it's far too easy just to stop at Burger King or McDonald's on the way. Um, You know, so I'd say that still to this day is a large part of my diet. Yeah. Um, So cutting that out was a big piece of it. And then just trying, you know, a lot of chicken stuff that doesn't have a lot of fat in it, Um, like a lot of pasta. Even to this day, I'm what? five, six months removed from August when I ran the race, I'm still not a big fan of pasta at this point in time just because I ate so much of it to get that the carbohydrates I needed in that last month. So, yeah. hmm. How's your, like, fruit and vegetable intake with that? Or did you just leave it to fast food? I'd say vegetables were pretty high. Um, probably not as much fruit as I would have liked. It's, yeah, it should have had more fruit. But the vegetables were up there quite a bit, a lot of rice, um, I know I did a lot of asparagus, um, potatoes, ate a lot of potatoes, which are real good for mm-hmm. the, the race diet. So Right. Very starchy carbs. And how's, like, did you drink a lot of water before that? Was it mainly sports drinks? And then did you use gels, or what did you use for your fuel during the race? Uh, anything and everything during the race. Um, you got to a point, though, where the sports drinks were almost difficult to ingest because yeah. there's so much sugar in them that you just kind of hit a point where you almost can't stomach them anymore, that your your body just doesn't want it. So uh, say, you know, you got into the, the marathon portion of it, and actually the chicken broth was one of the things that was the mm. savior just because it had a lot of other stuff in it other than what you had been intaking all day, that just to have something different in your body was a big deal. Would you stop uh, to, to fuel up? Would you stop at a station, grab some stuff, kind of take a break and eat, or did you kind of grab it and go? 
Uh, depending. I did both. I know on the bike at about mile 70, I stopped at one of the aid stations instead of just riding by and grabbing stuff and just stretched out my back a little bit and just to have your legs do a little bit different of a motion, even if only for 30 seconds. And then on the run more frequently, whereas with the, you know, the calf cramping up and different things, you know, there was several stretching points along the way yeah. where you just needed to try to loosen up a little bit. Do you think your calf was due to a lack of hydration um, or just over, just overwork? You know, I would have to say just overworked. Um, you know, I went to the bathroom, honestly, quite a bit on the marathon portion of it. So I don't think okay. it was a hydration issue. Sure. Otherwise, I wouldn't have think that would happen. Yeah. Um, so I'd have to say it was just an overwork thing. And really the most frustrating part of the whole thing was just the calf, because even at that point in time, mentally, I felt pretty good. I know even just after the first marathon I'd run, I was a mental wreck during that race. And, sure. uh, you know, I'd done enough up to this point in time that you know, I was pretty clear in the head. Um, and then physically, other than the calf, I really felt great. If it, if it wouldn't have been for that, I know for sure I'd have been able to run most of that marathon. Hmm. Um, so that was just really, really frustrating that the one piece of my body, you know, had just gone and was completely prohibiting me from doing anything I wanted. Yeah. You know, Jamie, um, when I interviewed Becky and, and um, Trista, um, you know, we got to the end of that, that interview and they had kind of talked about, you know, Trista had some had some problems with her leg or uh-huh. IT band and, and Becky, um, you know, it, it was a tough race for both of them. And, and Bart, you know, as we talk to you, I mean, it doesn't sound like, you know, if, if, well, if you ever watch any universal sports, right. And, and oftentimes they'll show the Ironman competitions and they, when you watch it, I love to watch those cause I come oh, away totally, fantastic. I come away totally inspired. Right. But they really don't show you how hard it really is. I mean, so Bart, it sounded pretty difficult for you are you gonna do it again yeah i think so uh not this next summer probably the summer after that one thing you know that i've always said when i've been asked that question a lot and it's one of those things where i've done it once for me now um you know i went out the one time and it was something that i wanted to do it was on the bucket list if you will and you know i went out there and i accomplished it for myself for me to do it again i'm gonna need to have another spark that's going to set me off and go, okay, I need to do it for this reason, whether it be a friend that's wanting to do it for the first time, they need a training partner to get going or some charity that, you know, hits close to home and I want to raise money for, there's going to have to be some other trigger to get me to do it, I think in the future, but it's something that I absolutely see myself doing again. And, and why? I mean, what's, what's in the psyche there that's driving you? I mean, it's a, it's a long day. It's a lot of training. It hurts the body. There's no, there's, you talked about when you crossed the finish line and some people say, oh, it's just a sense of euphoria. Didn't sound like there was a a tremendous amount of (laughs) euphoria uh, for for you. So what drives you back to that? I mean, what's driving you? Well, I think, you know, the pain is honestly a little bit of that just because, you know, with some of the smaller races that you do and just, you know, even your regular day-to-day working out, it's not like you stop after you do it. And a portion of it feels easy. And there's just something that, that gets in you that goes, you can drive your body that far and it can hurt that bad. And you can still find a way to put one foot in front of the other and you can still get across that line. And, you know, there just is something about that, that regardless of how much it hurts, it's a feeling you, you can't duplicate doing other things. And so, you know, you ask any endurance athlete or anybody who is, I'd say, elite in whatever, you know, sport that they're they're doing and be pretty close to the same answer. Yeah, I think 
it's something that drives us back to the trek, right? And oh, definitely. In that, it's that sense of accomplishment. I, I don't think anybody feels real great at the end of these <laughs> kinds of events. And so if you're a non-athlete, athlete, you're probably like, okay, so why am I I even got responses this? today like, oh, I felt horrible, but I can't wait to do it again next year because I want to beat my time, you know, and I feel great afterwards. But during the event, they didn't um, like how they felt, but no one does, you know. It's how the feeling of accomplishment afterwards is what really gets people. Well, and even just around the office right here at Gallup right now, you said we had 60-some people that had just run truck up the tower, and there's a certain, you know, camaraderie, even with just in the office that comes with it, where, you know, it's Monday and everybody gets to talk about this, and we're all looking at the results, and everyone's going, okay, as a team, how can we do this better next year? You know, with triathlon, it's very much with triathlons. It's very much that same way. Whereas you're training with a certain group of people, and you meet some of the coolest people you're ever going to meet in your life doing these things. And so you want to get back into that just to be with these people because you know, even along the courses, you it's unbelievable the amount of people that just stand on the side of the road for 16 hours just to clap and cheer and have cowbells that and push you along. Like it's unlike anything else yeah. you've ever seen in your life. So I yeah. mean, despite how crappy your body feels and how mentally just worn out you can be. You got, you know, a mom and their four-year-old kid sitting there with cowbells cheering you on, and it, it, you, you smile. You have to. It was, just, an, it was an endurance for them and some, right, to come out all day, and they're, they're in lawn chairs. We see this at the Lincoln Marathon. Mm -hmm. um, folks sitting out in lawn chairs, they've been there all afternoon or all morning. Uh, in that case. And, and yeah, that's, it's a great, so anyways, if you're listening to the podcast and you do that, that's awesome. I'm not sure I'm an athlete, so I wouldn't go out and do it, but it's great when people um, come out and cheer you on. The support just like really pushes you, you know, and gives you that extra burst of adrenaline right when you need it. Oh, and I cannot so wait for the Lincoln marathon this year because I'm not running it. Um, just, I had some knee issues that prohibited me from training. So this would be the first year in three years. I haven't been in the event itself, but uh, myself and a girl that I've run it with a couple of years, we're going down and we're bringing our bikes and I am thrilled to just hang out in Lincoln all day and ride around on my bike and cheer along the people and the other people that I know in the race. And I honestly get about as much kick out of that as I do actually being in the race itself. Yeah. And, and much needed. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Bart at 20, I'll just be dead. And so I'm going to need you to come up behind <laughs> me on the bike, smack me in the butt. And say, Dude, you need to keep going. Because I, I usually want to die about that point. That's 20 and, and beyond as I start questioning why I'm even living. And, you know, that I just, it would be great if it just Please ended. Please don't let me die. Uh, yeah. I'm, it, it's, yeah, I, I don't, it's not, I'm not worried about dying. I just want to die at that point. Or let um, me die. It's just awful. And people ask, you, oh, why do you do it? And I do it because it's hard. It's hard for me. For some people, a marathon's a piece of cake. Marathon's very difficult for me, and so I keep going back after it because it's it's something you can go for. You know, so, and some the other thought: there's no judging among athletes I, for, for the most part, especially amateurs. I don't know what the pros do because I don't know many pros, but but at the at the amateur level, there's you're out there. It, whether it's five minutes, fifteen minutes, five hours, or five days, everybody gets encouragement. Nice job right on, mm -hmm. on that and so that's one of the things i really love about amateur sports is everybody's you know uh, uh, at the trek it doesn't matter if you finished it in in uh, five minutes 10 minutes or 15 minutes everybody did a great job based on their ability right you, you know and that's a fine line to walk and it's something i've talked with a lot of people about and i mean there's you know three people sitting in this room right now that have all done some you know at least a marathon or more and have you know, gone out and, and done that and whether it be my Ironman or just that, that marathon, for us, there's a benchmark that's set there. But 
one thing that, you know, is never lost. I mean, one thing I need to make sure I convey to people is, you know, I've had friends that have, you know, gone out and done the first 5K they've ever done or the first 10K they've ever done. And for them, that is their Ironman, where they've never done anything in the past. And for them to go and finally start working out and start doing different things, even just these small races to them, are as big as a marathon might yeah. be to us. Yeah. And, you know, in, in the fitness world, at least, I don't think that's lost on people where they see yeah. that and they're just excited for those people that are finishing that 10K as they would be for us doing a marathon. Yeah, Definitely. it's it's a great story. And, and Jamie and I got the chance to run with Rachel and, um, at the at the um, the breast cancer, breast cancer. Yes. I in October. Yeah. Race for the race cure. For yeah. Race, yeah. Thank yeah. you. And I'm just terrible with that stuff. I can't like, get well, race so names many. right. I'm like, wait, that I know. Was it's at the heart walk. Anyways. <laughs> and, um, and her first 5k ever. And you and I got to finish that with her and I probably more rewarding for me, uh, than it even was for her to get that done. I got to interview her. And so if you go back and listen to that, uh, right after Trek, she's running the half. She is and her like, first half I know, ever. That's awesome. And so, you know, it, it, it's a great uh, it's a great story of how uh, I think group uh, kind of peer pressure and competition in some ways, but mm-hmm. group accountability plays in. And so, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't work at Gallup, uh, which is a, a lot of people now actually, right. uh, but uh, and you might say, well, yeah, Jim, that's easy for you to say because you've got you work at a place that supports um, fitness and and physical well being as a, as a, a key a core value. But, you know, you can start that at the place where you work. And, and Jamie, five years ago when Trek started, how many right. people did we field, do you think, from, from oh, our organization? Oh, like maybe five. Okay, so five. And then mm-hmm. year two yes. it went to, what, maybe 15, right? 15. 10 or 15. Uh-huh. Year three, 20. Went to, like, 20. Right, year four, which was last year, right. how many did you have? Last year was 32. Okay, and year five? 62. Isn't that crazy? Okay, it so it, maybe you can't... You, if you would have expected those numbers in the first year, that probably would have been uh, unrealistic. But we've worked hard at creating you guys, uh, the royal we, I guess is what I'm saying. You guys have worked hard at, at really establishing this culture of fitness that each year builds on top of it. So That's right. gather some folks around you, mm-hmm. join it, go to an event, right? Build some momentum. If you get three people for your first event, that's great. That's great. Right? That's a great start. Then have those three people reach three more the next year, right? Exactly. Shoot for nine or 12 or, or whatever. You can build a culture of fitness in your own organization and put people around you. It, it just takes a while. I mean, you guys have been at this a long time, right. five, six years. Um, I don't want to discourage folks, and I don't want to use that excuse of, well, my, my employer doesn't support it. Even if they don't, you can do it. There's there's fitness clubs. I mean, I think about the Mud Mafia group that we started here in Omaha, which, by the way, is blowing up nationally right now. It's mm-hmm. just great. But um, join, find a running club, find a group, find a fitness group, get involved somewhere in an organization with people who care about that, get immersed in the culture, and, and be maybe be the first one in your organization. And I doubt that, right? Most large organizations have lots of athletes in them. Find them, gather them, do events, and do it together. Right. Definitely. And even if you like have never done a race before or at home, you know, and you don't know of any friends who do races, I mean, start doing something yourself, research something and just sign up for a race and have your friends do it with you. I mean, it'd be a good achievement to complete a walk if you've never done that or do a 5K and slowly work up. 
but just do something and just start moving and then it'll have a ripple effect on your friends and family yeah and so i think about next week so frozen burrito which i think is just the the best (laughs) name name. for a race ever (laughs) the and i don't forget that one so jeff carpenter nice job on on that one but um or is it mark i think i got his name wrong no mark carpenter works here jeff carpenter did the race So uh, Jeff just started that race there, um, and um, they first. This is the first annual, and he decided he was going to. Now he's he runs events here in Omaha, but he just decided in, in his town he was going to sp- start this. The uh, benefit is for the track physically for the track at the high school. It's in disrepair, and they want to put a new track in. And so we're talking about uh, raising money for kids' fitness. Which is there at the high school. It's awesome. It's twenty five bucks. Um, it's kind of a on-road, off-road, on-track kind of thing, and and so um, we're, we're hoping we've been pimping this for uh, the last five or six weeks now. So we right. hope some folks show up. We'll be we'll be doing some. I will be doing some podcasting from there. So if you're out at the frozen burrito this weekend and you see me, I'll be the guy with the handheld recording device doing interviews. Talk with to Jim. There. And uh, I'd love to have you on on uh, the podcast and uh, get a feeling for for how that race went for you out there. So. That's this Saturday. Then you have the Leprechaun race. And then we got the Leprechaun. Actually, that's this Sunday coming up. Frozen Burritos Mm -hmm. this Sunday. And then next Saturday, Saturday. the Leprechaun Chase, uh, which will involve the gals getting a five-minute and a 30-second head start on the guys. Mm -hmm. And whoever wins the first round of beer is free. If the gals win, yes, gals win. So there's a lot of competition in that. I won't be out front, I'll I'll be honest with you. (laughs) Um, I've got a long run the next day, I think. I'm sending Carrie up front. You yeah. better be up there. <laughs> yeah, so we got some running events coming up. Uh, running is not just, a f- a fitness is not just running. And so um, there's other things that you can do um, from cycling to spinning to yoga to, uh, oh, just there's there's tons. Um, and we've talked before, uh, fitness doesn't work mm. unless your uh, nutrition is right. And so uh, it's important right. that you stay on top of your nutrition as well and do and and maybe not do what i did this weekend with but at least i admitted it right exactly that's the first step we're, we're working hard on knowing it. knowing where you went wrong well bart we appreciate you coming on the podcast today no absolutely thanks for having me this is great yeah thank th- you so much thanks for sharing and uh, we'll wrap this up again if you want to send an email you got a question for bart you can send me an email podcast at the average guy.tv plenty of podcasts out there great actually a great weekend for the podcasting network um we uh the fitness tech podcast uh show number 20 fastest to ever hit 100 downloads in just two and a half days we went from zero to 100 downloads so um some pretty good numbers tell your friends tell your neighbors uh, uh, that uh that were out there and um it was really good so some good numbers it's exciting to see those kinds of things happening we'll be back here next week to do it all over again dave severs is going to join us Mm -hmm. good show and uh, i'll report in live this weekend from uh frozen burrito no yeah and dave is uh, a far better triathlete than i am so he (laughs) might have some fun insight for you ask him about going to the bathroom that'll be a fun (laughs) one (laughs) that'll be good yeah he did the florida right he did the florida uh, iron man and and oh yeah we days we've got some good stories for dave so okay we'll see you back here next week thanks jamie thanks bart thank you thank you